Welcome to All Through a Lens. This is the podcast about film photography where we discuss a little more than just film photography. I'm Vanya. And I'm Eric. And we've got a little oddity of a show today. First off, Jess Hobbs is here as a sort of a third musketeer. She'll be be reminding us about the new Rolleiflex thing. Vanya's got some things to say about the largest pinhole camera ever. And I'm going to tell you why indigo is a bullshit color. There's probably going to be a zine review at the end there, too. It's a packed show. So let's get into it. Vanya, it's been a bit. How are you? I'm great. I'm still alive. I'm up at my cabin right now. So I probably sound weird because I left my headphones and mic on my dining room table in El Segundo. You have a cabiny sound to your voice. Yeah, it's it's cold. There's snow on the ground and there's trees falling everywhere. So, wow. Uh, uh, I may or may not be stuck here for a few days. We'll see. Okay. But yeah, things are good. I'm actually I've been crafting a lot. <laughs> okay. I just I just coded probably like 50 sheets of paper for cyanotypes. So I am like geared up, ready to go. It's going to be cyanotype again in this weekend. (laughs) That is so exciting. Yeah, it really is. Very excited. Also, yeah, one good thing about being up here is the dry weather. So coating paper is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. It dries probably pretty quickly then. Yeah, it's really nice. So it's good. How about you, Jess? How are you? I'm uh, just kind of trying to survive the blahs of smart, as you call them. So smart in Canada. Yes, smart. It's like spring and also March. So anything can happen uh, weather-wise, basically. We could have... 25 centimeters of snow dumped on us or it could be spring and we have crocuses and daffodils and lovely little creatures hopping around anything can happen and it's kind of like the worst month because when there is a lot of snow i can't actually walk around outside like it's not worth it to take out the snowshoes it's just too much effort at that point the snow is like heavy and sticky so then the snowshoes will stick to it And it's too thick to still like walk around in just my boots. I end up like knee deep and then a bunch of snow in my boots, which is really annoying and uncomfortable. Uh, So it's kind of like the month where I stay inside most of the time and really just try to survive whatever's left of winter, beginning of spring, and hope that April is going to be a beautiful month. And not Sapril. Sapril? Sapril. Yeah, okay. Well, if there's a lot of maple sap, I'll accept it. It's so easy to get a Canadian to talk about maple syrup. It really is. It's our favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It is so good. And actually, I just found out that Quebec produces 75% of the world's maple syrup. Wow. That's right. Yeah, I wouldn't if you would have asked. We're proud of it here. I would hope so. If you would have asked, I wouldn't have been able to give you a number. I'd say maybe 50%. But Quebec is kind of a big place. We Yeah. I mean, sort of. We just have a lot of maple trees. That's true. (laughs) We have have more maple trees than people. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Except for Montreal. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I think what's available around here mostly is Vermont maple syrup. So I would have said like, oh, Vermont, maybe. No, no, we beat Vermont. Maybe. But Vermont's just like a little sliver of a state. Yeah, it's such a tiny little thing. Yeah. Well, I've been okay as well, I suppose. Oh, yeah. How have you been, Eric? Yeah, oh, <laughs> thank you for asking. Besides obviously choosing the wrong type of maple syrup, how have you been? Oh, I've been, yeah, I've been choosing the wrong type of maple syrup for most of my life. I've been okay. I have done almost nothing, uh, photographically speaking. I, I've developed a couple of roles. I've scanned them. Um... Yeah, it's not a lot going on in my life right now. I was hoping to go out last weekend to, to do something, but I didn't because it was just ugly and cold. It was smart. It was smart out. Right? Yeah. It, it's a thing. Yeah, it it's, was. It's smarchy here too, now that I think about it. It really is. So no, I, I got nothing. I'm not doing a whole bunch. Um, I did... Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't even like prepared anything for the next episode. I'm just kind of like, I've been watching a lot of K-drama and honestly, it's really just consumed my life. Sincerely. Hometown cha-cha-cha. Perfect. It's so good. Interesting. Wonderful. Isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? Well, before we go on, I want to remind everybody of our answering machine question for the next main episode, which would be, I guess, 82. And this question is, what is the sweetest photography gift that was given to you by someone else? It must be a surprise and not given on like an obligatory gift-giving holiday. So no Christmas gifts. If you asked for like, what's a, what's a fancy camera? Leica. 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 If you asked for a Leica and then someone drove a Leica to your house and dropped it off and said, Merry Christmas, doesn't count. Also, if the, if a Leica is like your sweetest photography, your sweetest photography gift, dream bigger or at least dream more interestingly. Probably not bigger. You can't get a whole lot bigger than that. I but, know. I was like, you can, yeah, I mean, be more I'll interesting. dream for a Leica. I will resell it and then I will buy so much film. <laughs> <laughs> not as much film as you'd like, though. Not as much as I could have, yeah, 10 years ago, but definitely um, I would reap benefits for sure. It's true. So deadline for that is Tuesday morning, April 11th. And as far as morning goes, I'm going to say after your first cup of coffee. Well, I mean, that is morning. Okay, since there are three of us, we have each brought uh, an item for show and tell, sort of, an idea Yay, for show and tell. My favorite part of school. It's the only part of school that you passed, isn't it? I did really good in PE, too. I was an animal. Oh. You know how they had, like, well, I don't know if they had this in Canada. They didn't because it was called, like, the president's test. So it would have been called something else, it, it obviously. Was, it was called the, the President's Physical Fitness Exam. Yes. Yeah, yes. it was a thing started that? by Reagan, and it was, I hated it. It made me hate phys ed with more passion it, than... I think everybody hated it because of that, but I was, at that time, um, in the best shape of my life because I was a gymnast, so I could do, like, a ton of pull-ups, and I was, it was fine. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah, so that wouldn't... 
I guess Canada did not. Have no, a, they they didn't have no, a president. We didn't have anything like that. No, we don't. We don't have presidents. We have prime ministers. But uh, prime minister. Prime minister <laughs> no, it just doesn't have the the same ring. No. And no, we didn't really have to do that. You're very lucky. We, we just we just ran around and did our own thing. I no. guess we had, popped we had, up had... maple syrup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no prompt whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> okay, so my piece here is entitled, What the Fuck is Indigo? Uh, I know, Vanya, you were probably taught Roy G. Biv in school. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, Jess, were you taught Roy G. Biv? Maybe. Okay. That's how you remember the colors of the rainbow. Roy, yeah. uh, the R is red, O is orange, Y is yellow, G, green, blue, indigo, and violet. and violet. So, what's indigo? Vanya, quick, what's indigo? Um, it's actually my um my little niece. She's almost going to be three soon. Her name's Indy. Indigo. Okay. I call her Indy for short. Sure, that so makes that's sense. what indigo is <laughs> to me right now. Okay. Um, Jess, it's a bookstore. Okay. All of these are correct, but wildly inaccurate answers. Okay, so indigo is essentially purple, but so is violet. So what gives? Okay, so these colors came from Isaac Newton, who learned that you can separate light into different colors via a prism. And he wrote a very long and very weirdly complicated book on this in like 1670-something. It's like equations and shit. It's, he was a smart fellow, Newton, Isaac Newton. And so when he put light through the prism, he discovered five colors, which is not seven. Roy G. Biv is seven colors. He discovered five, and yet Roy G. Biv is still attributed to him. Hmm. So he discovered red, yellow, green, blue, and violet, or purple. And he was like, done. I'm done. This is great. Next, and people are like, well, hold on. Let's go back to Pythagoras. Remember that guy? Everybody was yes. like, yes, of course, remember Pythagoras. <laughs> he divided musical tones into seven notes. And seven was in a really, really important number because back in Pythagoras's time, three was a very spiritual number and four was a very material number. And you add them together and you get seven. Because, because math. Is that why seven is lucky? Yes. <laughs> so this gave us seven days of the week and they had seven planets because they didn't know about the rest of them. So, you know, you had seven planets, sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Earth wasn't considered a planet for some reason. Uh, because if it was, it'd be eight planets and you can't have that. So when Newton and the late 1600s sorted out the colors of a prism and he found it to be five numbers. He had some pressure from somewhere, and I can't figure out where, if it was like pressure from himself or from other people, to make the colors match up with the musical notes and the heavenly bodies and the days of the week and Duran Duran's best song, Seventh Stranger. <laughs> so this is where he added orange, a color whose name we got from the fruit. That's where, that's why we call the color orange. Orange is because oranges are or orange. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, why not? 
and indigo, a color named after the dye made from the plant of the same name, which was derived from the word India, because that's one of the places where they got indigo. Mm. Okay. So to make matters even stickier, the names for colors then didn't fully correspond with the colors as we know them now, which must just be so impressive to people on April 20th. Newton's blue was more like our cyan, and what we call, oh, sorry, what they called indigo was more like our blue, because indigo's blue, like blue mm -hmm. jeans, which is what yeah. we dye blue jeans with indigo. So we would call it indigo blue. But blue was super rare, wasn't it? <sighs> At I mean, this point, no. I feel like, well, okay, I feel like when you talk about like painters and things, like in, that color is a very rare color. In the Renaissance, yeah. Create. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But in in, in uh, Newton's time, not, not so rare. No. So Roy G. Biv is still taught in schools, which is kind of impressive to me. I asked my friend Ryan, who is a kindergarten teacher, if they teach Roy G. Biv. And he said, yes, the art teacher still does, but she's about as old as Isaac Newton. So that could be why. I got in my head like, okay, what what do rainbows look like? prior to Newton in art. And so I looked up a bunch of like medieval rainbows and those things are fucking bonkers. Whoa. Yeah, they're not rainbow. I mean, we wouldn't recognize them as rainbows. I mean, we're pretty smart. We would recognize, okay, that's a rainbow. But there's some have like three colors, four colors, five. They're not in any order that we know, which is weird because rainbows did look the same back then. But after Newton, Rainbows were generally basically shown correctly in art, but they often drop the indigo because we can't differentiate it from violet. And if you look at the Dark Side of the Moon album cover, it's there. It's a little thicker. The, the purple is just a little bit thicker than the rest of them, but it's not really there. Also, the rainbow flag, uh, it, it originally had eight colors, which it's a really ugly, like pinks on top, really ugly flag. But now we have six colors, which is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet. And because it went from seven to six, some Christian nut jobs claimed the six colors are from Satan because A, that's gay, and B, they're fucking morons. Six, 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 baby. Exactly. So is indigo real? Sort of. We have dedicated, like, officially-ish dedicated a small, tiny sliver of the visible spectrum measured in nanometers to what we call indigo, which is 450 to 420 nanometers. However, if Newton hadn't plopped that color down on his color wheel, we probably wouldn't be paying it any lip service at all. We would just call it purple. Hmm. Or mauve. Or, or mauve, that is true. Or mauve. Or mauve, or, or poutine puts in exactly it kind of reminds me of like how there are certain like grapes don't really taste like grape candy they taste like purple you okay. know what i mean that's what they taste like well, so when someone asks me like well what does this taste like i'm like it it tastes like purple because it doesn't taste like grape like like purple like like grape candy a like grape bubble yeah. gum or something yeah that does that maybe it tastes like indigo maybe probably yeah okay well there we go. Vanya, what are you blessing us with today? Well, I 
mentioned before that I did go on a little adventure, I guess, into the deep into the orange curtain. So I want to talk to you about that. Nobody knows what that means. What is the orange curtain? Orange County. Okay. Gotcha. That would be the one in California, not the one in New York. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, America, if you've been here, you know, it's big. And, uh, the people here, we like kind of big things. We like to do fun things that are really, really big (laughs) for some reason. Okay. I don't know. There's something about being large and large things. So like largest paper ball went to Minnesota's pollution control agency and it weighs about 425 pounds just because I had to look that up. Of course, largest sandwich, of course it was in the USA as well. And tallest tree, that would be a coastal redwood, Northern California. Makes of sense. Course. I so. once ate from the longest banana split in the world. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's weird. As, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so since this is a film photography podcast, I wanted to share with you where I went. Uh, I ventured south into the Orange Curtain, Orange County, to the Orange County Great Park, because why name it something fancy when you can just call it that? Um That is what it's called now, but it actually used to be called Marine Corps Air Station El Toro. Uh, It's an old old military outpost in Irvine, California. So in 2006, six artists came together to document the base as a part of the legacy project for the historical record, which is great. I'm so glad that someone's doing stuff like this because it seems like things just get erased all the time (laughs) yeah so before they uh turned it into the great park they wanted to make sure that they had a record of it um they used so what they did was they used a abandoned f-18 hangar and created the largest pinhole camera by light sealing the entire hangar Uh, Not only did they create the largest pinhole camera, but they also produced the largest picture as well. (laughs) Funny how those two things go together. What? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So uh, after producing the negative, it took 80 volunteers to develop (laughs) the print in custom trays, Olympic-sized swimming pool big, fire hoses used to wash the print, and... I think it measured it. No, it did measure at 111 feet wide and 32 feet high on a seamless white muslin cloth. Oh, well, pretty big. That is big. I love when when California is faced with like a water crisis. You guys really come together to pour a lot of water on things. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, in 2006. Yeah, it was yeah. probably. I mean, we we never have water. So yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so at the moment, it's tucked into, I would say, the longest wood box of, in the world, possibly for um, archival purposes, obviously. But it does come out for display occasionally. Most places have to display it in a U-shape because it is so wide. I got to see a replica of it and where it sleeps. Um, so I was by the box where it was and it was 
really like just the replica of it was stunning and I couldn't even imagine being able to see the original and I hope that I can eventually <laughs> see it when it when it gets you know comes out again um, I would highly recommend checking out uh, the gallery there at the Great Park and there's a couple books about it and they're not for sale and the guy there kind of was like yeah, the books just kind of like go missing sometimes. We just, you know, add another book. They just, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, it's really hard to get a book. Uh, I'm working on that because the book was amazing. It got to, you got to see all the volunteers kind of like using huge sweepers to obviously like move the developer around. It was kind of stunning. So uh, yeah, it's kind of one of the coolest things i've seen and uh i think you should check it out too especially if you're into pinholes that sounds awesome have, i love pinhole photography you've done some pinhole yeah. right jess yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've never done i've never done it never really no never it's something that almost interests me hmm. interesting almost almost i'm like i'm like almost interested in doing it but I've been doing a little bit of pinhole stuff lately. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm sure. Yeah, I've heard it is. Yeah. 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 So you can go um check it out. If you just type in like world's largest pinhole picture, you're gonna see it. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Uh I did post I did add a picture. Hopefully we can share that on our show notes so you can kind of see how large it is. It's it's pretty big. It's big. Pretty big. It is true. Well, thank you, Vanya. Oh, you're welcome. And Jess, what do yes. you have for us? All right. So I got a little mini mystery. Rolly Flex. Mystery. Yeah. Rolly Flex? Yes. Rolly Hoax. Uh-oh. So recently, Twitter has been all abuzz as information on a new camera from Rolly Flex was starting to spread. Curiosity was piqued. Questions started flying. And speculations were shared as everyone wondered if Rolly Flex was indeed back from the dead. In the film community, we all know that they ceased camera production back in 2014, then under the management of DWH Phototechnique. So what gives? Was this really a new camera? No. But it also wasn't your run-of-the-mill April Fool's joke either. So as specs, in quotations, were released, a lot of people were getting really, really excited. Was it going to be a film camera, a digital one? Some were disappointed that the announcements made it clear that it would, in fact, be digital. Uh, but there were some that were still waiting to purchase the so-called camera. Yeah. So, <laughs> tweets are flying around. More and more skepticism was starting to pop up, though, until someone decided to reach out to a friend that was working at the film brand part of Rolly to ask if the account was real or not. As it turns out, it wasn't. And so as quickly as this new Rolyflex account had appeared, it was now suspended. Ooh. So what happened? Mm -hmm. This is the point where Josh Knox came clean publicly as the person behind this. Josh is a student at Arizona State University in the photography program working towards his Bachelor of Fine Arts. This whole, <laughs> this whole stunt was part of a class that he's taking about product piracy and the spread of misinformation on the Internet. And so his assignment was to create a new product and see how far it could go. 
And it clearly took off because overnight, Josh had gained a thousand followers, had over a hundred thousand views on his original tweet, and had over 200 retweets. The photography community had bought into this hook, line, and sinker. Josh fessed up and apologized to everyone because he felt really bad for getting people's hopes up. This whole situation is actually really interesting, though, on multiple levels. Because first, I think it shows how clearly starved the film photography community is for good news. <laughs> We've had so many years of announcements on discontinued films and price hikes that will grab onto anything good for dear life. Those who are skeptical were possibly still reeling from falling for too many April Fool's jokes in the past. I'm still mad at M for one that he posted on Emulsive.org a few years ago about a roll of 35mm cyanotype positive paper. I mean, how cool would that have been for real? Like, like little, little no, roll of 35 millimeter frames that would have been cyanotype positives. I don't I, know how I, it could have worked. No, I don't think awesome. it could. It would have been awesome. Okay. It, 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 I mean, it, yes, in the, many senses the closest, of the word. The closest that I've gotten is taking Ilford XP2 and processing it not in C41 chemicals, but in E6 chemicals. And you get these mini cyanotypes and they're positives. Ooh. It's really cool. Interesting. Well, yes, try that sometime. Really cool. Yeah. Should. Yes. Should. All right. Anyways. Also, though, one of the more interesting points that I think is just how many people still wanted this camera, even if there was the possibility of it being digital. So Josh actually had a poll going on uh, the Twitter page, Fans of Rolly is what it's now called. I don't remember what it was called originally, but it's it was been something very official. I remember it was like Rolly official or yeah, something like yeah. that. But now it's called Fans of Rolly. Uh, well, you know, it got suspended and all that. So he had to kind of clean it up. But anyways, <laughs> so he had a poll going on as to what people's preference would have been. And 30% actually wanted it to be a digital camera and so i know like i've i've heard a lot of people you know blaming the film price hikes as a reason to shoot more digital uh so this would have been an interesting purchase for them i guess yeah right yeah it makes sense it makes sense so of course i have a couple personal thoughts on this so one i'm a little pissed off at the teacher here i'm sorry but it's true i mean creating a project to prey on people's emotions is a bit of a dick move. <laughs> we already spend a lot of time sifting through loads of misinformation online. So finding out that this kid had to do it because his teacher told him to really adds to my frustration. Like I, I, you know, I feel as the adult here, I get it. You're trying to teach a lesson and what better way to teach a lesson than to actually make you do it in real life and see what happens. But at like, the same or you time, could just watch the news or just see what's been happening for the past however right? many years. Or, or literally spend an hour on Twitter and you'll find enough, <laughs> enough there anyways. There's more than enough of, of I mean, more than enough examples of products that were highly exaggerated or just straight up faked. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even within the film community, there were those um, those plastic 3D printed box cameras that were supposed to happen and never did. Remember those? The yep. guy just took everybody's money and disappeared. I don't remember yep. this. Yeah, that was Why? four years ago. I don't ago. remember this. Really? Pre-COVID, pre yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So there's more than enough examples of these things. So the, the prof... It could have assigned maybe a better assignment. All right. So I'm also a little sad at the loss of what maybe could have been. Because even if this was going to be a digital camera, I think that the design could have been pretty cool. You know, I might not 
personally buy it, but I would have applauded the effort at trying to bring a digital TLR to market. Whether that can happen or not, you know, a lot of people have thoughts on that as well as to whether it was actually it's actually feasible or not or how it would work or whatever but I think that if someone could figure it out that would be still pretty cool and I do think that it was a good move on Josh's part to publicly apologize because we so rarely get that closure it's usually more of like haha I got you and that's our explanation yeah (laughs) yeah it was just a joke and that's it so I'm glad that he was really transparent about the whole thing uh and he probably learned a pretty good lesson on fucking with people's emotions. Maybe. I mean, I know he's like 22 or something, but, yeah. you know, he, he must have learned something from this other than just don't spread misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> I I think in, in I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I, I fully do agree. I do think there's one, one other aspect that we as the film community really need to take from it. And that is if you bought into this, your bullshit detector is broken because it was pretty obviously not true. So you should have at least have been, oh, this is probably not right. Hope it is, but probably not true because it was pretty obviously fake. So if you did get excited about this because you thought it was happening, you need to recalibrate. And it's understandable that you would be out of calibration because of the news being what it is. But it's even more important because if, if you if you fall for like a fake camera, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, nobody cares. But there's a lot of other things out there that are way more important than this that you really shouldn't fall for. And so it's more important to be, have a, it's more important to have a very finely tuned bullshit detector which would have detected this, but also a bunch of other things. <laughs> so Yeah, but at the same time, like like I said, you know, we're just so used to getting all this really crappy film news, right? Like when 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 are we going to get the news that Fu- Fuji Films just done and they're just dropping the film part of their name or they're done completely or cuz actually today uh there's an announcement that Fuji is no longer shipping domestically. Like their 35 millimeter 120 film is not available domestically in Japan. Uh, You know, so at some point too, you just, I think that we kind of forget the skepticism. Like we forget to bring that out and we're just like, oh my God, this could be really, really cool. Or maybe it's just me and I still get ridiculously excited about things. It's definitely not just you. At first I was like, this is actually really cool. And... I mean, of course, reading like the specs, if you want to call them that, uh, (laughs) I was like, okay, I think there's something going on here. I don't think this is real. And especially they were called like, uh, what was the page called again? Like Roly, Roly Official. And I was like, that just seems weird. Yeah. When there's all these little things, because like one of those things being off, it can happen. People are really bad at at marketing, but- Mm -hmm. When all of these things are off, that should be like a really big indication. Like, oh, wait a minute. I better not get too excited. But again, let me plug defensive pessimism as a philosophy of life. If you assume shit's not going to work out and it doesn't work out, you're fine because you didn't expect it to. But if something amazing happens, you are that much happier because, holy shit, I didn't think this was going to work out. And it does. And therefore you're happy. So defensive pessimism and skepticism in 
many places, especially when it comes to science and politics, but also cameras. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've kind of experienced a little bit of that. And so when you were explaining the situation and just like getting your hopes up, I, I understand. I think that when we, you get to a point where not saying it's completely like desperation, but it is a little like, it's like, Oh, like, how am I going to like continue to do this? It's, it's a little scary to think about like, paying $20, $30 for a roll of film and all this. And how am I going to continue to do this? So when you, when you hear a little bit of good news, it's a little bit of a relief. And I had been um, looking for a place. I finally found one by the way. So yay for me. But uh, I probably messaged like at least four or five places that were not real. And I kind of knew they weren't real and I came into it like, okay, this is not real. This is too good to be true. But I, I messaged them anyways, because I just needed to send out as many like applications as I could. Uh, so there was like a little bit of like, okay, I'm very skeptical about this, but also, eh, I mean, what? might as well give it a try. Give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. See, sometimes it's okay to get excited about things because then if you get excited and then it actually turns out, then you're like extra excited. Mm-hmm. How do you think I get all this bubbliness going? I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've wondered, actually. Your mom goes to college. This is actually the stupidest medium for talking about photography. True. It barely deserves it. But it, it works for some reason. It does. I don't know it why. Okay. Hey, it keeps me going when I'm working out in the field sometimes. Oh, yeah, let me get a, a drink of water. Oh, let's see that subliminal message that I sent. Me too. Oh, dude, you know what I got? It's that glorious powder. Is it Tang? Fucking A, it's Tang. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've never had Tang. What? I'm serious. It's like I I've never had it. To you know, send you, you like a little baggie, like pow- of the powdered substance. Like, spins, yeah, like, I, I know, know, I know I what it is, you, but I've never had it. Do you hate space? No, because <sighs> that was like it's, growing up. That was this is what the astronauts drink. I don't think that's true, but it was like marketed as this is what the astronauts drink. It just because it was powdered. Yeah. Interesting. I don't. No, know, I, I don't Kool-Aid. know why, but it's so Kool Aid. But I didn't have Tang. Tang is different from Kool-Aid somehow. It's a different flavor, but I mean, it's even different than yeah. like orange Kool-Aid. Um, well, I think that actually like Tang was maybe for poor people because it already had the sugar in it or whatever it makes it sweet. Because Kool-Aid, you have to add sugar. Yeah, it just had flavor. You have to have the sugar. Yeah. And Tang, you don't. So you could just like put a scoop in and it was good to go. Oh, t- is Tang like the orange drink from McDonald's? No, that's no. High C orange. Oh, that's okay. Just, that I had though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high C was different from Tang too. It's a different, it's just a different flavor. It is. And if it's you great, if you didn't mix it all the way, you got a little bit of candy at the bottom for when you're finished. Yeah. Uh, that's always <laughs> the best part. Oh my like God. Taking a little, uh-huh. little extra shot uh-huh. at the bottom. A little crunchiness. Like things up. Mm-hmm. It's fucking perfect. I, I like doing that with my um, my cereal too. I used to put sugar in my cereal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Only Rice Krispies and like um, cornflakes. Cheerios. Though. And Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. 
whatever. You put sugar on anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, if you want to give yourself a real treat, Cheerios with brown sugar. Ooh. Yeah. It's surprisingly tasty. Yeah, it does sound good. It's really good. It's really good. And my, ice cubes. Yeah. My cubes. my snack of choice lately has been walnuts. Well, I do. Yes, it has been walnuts, but it's been oh. multi-grain Cheerios. And they're like regular Cheerios, but a little bit more like aerated and crispy. And plus there's a glaze of sugar over them. Mm. And Interesting. This is yeah, after the whole after the whole heart scare that I had. Yeah. Um, I decided to change some snacking habits. And so Cheerios is what I'm snacking with. I'm like a little kid in church with a baggie of Cheerios. I was going to say, you're like a toddler. I am like a toddler. Get, I'm going to get him one of those cups that like he can't spill it. You know what I mean? You so should because like... there's, there's fucking Cheerios everywhere. All over the house. There's like, oh my God, there's a Cheerio there. There's a Cheerio over here at work. I'm going to get you one of those little cups cuppies with like the two handles and stuff it's gonna yeah, be I'm great gonna... i might even see if i can get like get like a an emblem on it for you a little conspiracy of cartographers emblem. that would be fantastic that would be that would make me feel very very adult the fruity cheerios the new ones are pretty good too depends on the uh depends on there's like there's fruity there's like berry and there's blueberry the blueberry ones are amazing the no, fruit fruity. ones have like they're like chunks together i don't care for them. no I don't know. I, I don't know which ones they are, but they're pretty good. I went through like a, a, a Cheerios buying spree. Mm-hmm. You guys have crazy cereal down in the States. Oh my God. Yeah. Best, <laughs> like best we don't cereal. have that up here. Yeah. That's we have Cheerios. Bummer. Yeah. But we don't have like fruity stuff and blueberry. Yeah. That's sad. I'm so sorry. Yeah, blueberry Cheerios is maybe the best tasting <sighs> thing cereal wise. Like I went, I went to a Walmart in New York once. Oh my God. And yeah, it was just like on our way down, like we were just driving down to New York City and we stopped. I don't remember what town it was, but it was in the state of New York anyways. And we were like looking for something to eat. And so we just stopped at Walmart because it was the only thing we could find right mm-hmm. off the highway. And the cereal aisle, I swear, well, first of all, it wasn't one aisle. It was like five. <laughs> and it was just boxes and boxes and boxes of cereal. And I was like, what like this is what I've been missing out on for my whole life. It's really we is. have like one like half aisle in our grocery store. That's so sad. Explain. I mean, honestly, most I would say almost every single one of my friends who's like pretty close. I think we're all like kind of serial people. We're serial killers, basically. <laughs> we like cereal. And I love that. It's it's kind of like exciting. And then when you find a good cereal, like there's, um, there's a max, I'll have to send this to you one day. Yes. If I can, but it's, uh, it's Mexican frosted flakes. They're called sugaritas. And they're so good. Those like, it's the amount of sugar you wanted on your frosted flakes when you were a kid. That's what Zucaritas is. It's the best. Yeah. Once in a while, there's there's uh, some discount stores here, like grocery outlet. Then the Zucaritas will be there once in a while. And yes. you got to like snatch them up because they don't last. Everybody wants the Zucaritas. <laughs> They're great. 
right. They're great. There you go. Oh yeah, she wouldn't know that either. She wouldn't know Tony oh, the Tiger. I know Tony the Tiger. Okay. I knew, yeah, we did have Tony the Tiger, and we have the Tricks Bunny too. Of course. Okay. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. What about Count Chocula? Uh, on the American channels, like once we started getting Fox, we got that commercial. But yeah. you, you couldn't yeah. go to like the grocery store and buy Count Chocula? No. Interesting. We had uh, we had Cocoa Puffs Ooh, for, for a that. little while when I was a kid. And then we didn't have them for a while. Hmm. And I think now we have them back again. Okay. Yeah. There was a, a Cocoa Puffs embargo against the, mm-hmm. against Canada. Why? It, there wasn't. Oh, we, we, we were holding our maple syrup hostage. It was, yeah, it was. Well, it was a, a big ordeal through the, the early nineties. Yeah. Right. This is why I'm Vermont is big so maple. big with maple That's syrup. Part now. of it, yeah. because if, big, if if people start eating cereal in Canada and not pancakes or waffles with maple syrup, then big maple's not going to be happy. It's true. Now there is maple um, maple Cheerios. Interesting. There is, yeah. They are they are quite tasty. I mean, it, it. I mean, it's it's Cheerios with maple flavoring. I mean, that's that's well, yeah. what it tastes like. You, you, it's yeah. not hard to oh. imagine that. No, but that it is very though. good. It's just not surprisingly yeah. good. You know, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. This tastes like raspberries for some reason. No, <laughs> if there's something wrong with your maple syrup, yeah. if it tastes like raspberries. <laughs> well, they, we tap the raspberry plants here. No. No. And we get the raspberry they're, they're sap. They're fiddly little bushes. You can't tap that. Oh, not ours. <laughs> not ours. Not in America. We raise our raspberry bushes 30 <laughs> you feet. You grow big down there. <laughs> they're around as your leg. Everything's got to be big. Well, as with every odd episode, we are doing a zine review, and I have one for you today. This is by, and I, I don't, I can't pronounce the last name, and I do apologize. You speak some sort of French, Jess. Could you help me out with this? Is it Dupuis? Dupuis. Du, okay. C. Dupuis. That's right, because you don't pronounce the S at the end. Exactly. Um, they go by Mountain Shrimp on on instagram and they often hashtag their photos diy ecn2 and i believe um i believe they use my my ecn2 kit for processing as well um so uh this is a little zine uh, not to be diminutive but it is a small zine it's about six by six square called oh, wow. ponderosa and the photos in ponderosa they were shot in july of last year so to july 2022, on a trip to New Mexico where they used to live. Uh, They were visiting their sister, Allison, and a few of the pages are actually uh, sketches, and I'm not sure if that's the right word, cartoons, um, really fun, out of their travel journal, out of her travel journal, they appear here as well. Uh, The pictures capture a New Mexico that I'm very familiar with. I've been there uh, a bunch of times, and everything here is, is just, is captured so well in a, a very New Mexico feeling sort of way. From the shop windows in Santa Fe to the Kiva at Pecos ruins and the cliff dwellings at Bandelier. I've like I've been to all of these places and it's very different perspective from what I would take, but it's it feels so much like what I saw there. And it's neat to have that different perspective. Um when I wouldn't yeah, I don't know. I just I I just I like getting that that different 
perspective. I'm going to stop saying perspective now. So the overall feeling is, is, a, is a short trip through New Mexico. Uh, the shots of motels, streets, the galleries bring a real feeling of movement, like they're traveling. It's uh, They vacation a little bit like I vacation. It's just photography, no relaxation. We've got relaxing at home. So there's no relaxing on, on vacation. I'm horrible to travel with. I do apologize to anyone who's ever traveled with me. You can pick up the zine at Mountain Shrimp on Instagram. We'll have links, but it really is just at Mountain Shrimp on Instagram. As a quick aside, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. We could not and would not do this podcast without you. Uh, through your small monthly donations, we're able to keep the lights on. Really, we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Patreon helps us cover expenses for hosting, for audio equipment. It helps us buy books and buy some of the zines that we review. Uh, when you subscribe to us on Patreon, you do get the monthly bonus episodes. And Jess, you were just on a bonus episode with me. I was. Yes. We talked uh, about two hours or so, two hours, 20 minutes about Canada and the U.S. and photography. Yes. Yeah. Well, the book was pretty cool. It was about the two countries. So yeah. it made sense. It did make sense. It was wonderful. I hope those that listened enjoyed that. We already have had one correction come in about the order of the presidential succession, which I botched. So it was a rousing conversation. How many other film photography podcasts do you know that will not only talk about the presidential succession in the United States, but also get it wrong? No other, no others. You won't get that at negative positives. Just right here. Uh, <laughs> we've got three different levels of support, with the cheapest being about a buck an episode. So head on over to patreon.com slash all through a lens for more information. No, no. Well, I guess we're wrapping up now. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for... Uh, coming on uh, it's a, a, a weird episode um, we don't uh, we don't really have our footing with the odd episodes yet that's why they're a little odd but <laughs> but thank you for coming on uh what have you got coming up this uh this uh this coming a week yeah well first off thank you so much for having me on it's always fun to talk about farming and photography even if those two subjects aren't the same not the same, but they they, yeah. they can go hand in hand <laughs> they sometimes. Go hand in hand, right? Yeah. yeah. Why not? As for things that I'm working on, well, I've got I've got a good film dev session that I'm going to be starting up tomorrow morning, which is fantastic because I have so much backlog to get through. Like I posted about this on my Instagram page not too long ago, and I still have backlog to 2017. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to get through it. So. I am working on it tomorrow. Uh, but at the same time, too, I'm also going to dig out the Intrepid and play around with some indoor stuff, uh, work with the movements, see how, you know, just get a better feel for it. Um, I'm not really expecting to be able to just take what I learned tomorrow and transfer it to what I do in the woods. But I figure that any little bit to get used to using the camera will help. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, otherwise, for the rest of the week, I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to get some planning done for some videos for my YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to hopefully get some kind of like 
regular recording or up or you know publishing schedule going on because I'm not the most consistent of YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to get some ideas going. Where can people see your videos? YouTube.com slash Jess Hobbs. That's where I am. Or you can just type my name into the search. Well, for me next week, I, I don't know. I'm hoping to get out to Eastern Washington again for a little hike or possibly start a cemetery project. I'm still not sure what I'm doing with that, but I will be photographing cemeteries. Awesome. I hope so. We, we, we will see. Um, well, everybody, uh, don't forget about the answering machine question. It is about the photography gift. What is your sweet, What is the sweetest photography gift that was ever given to you by someone else? Jess, do you have an answer for this? No. I don't either. <laughs> uh, I I'd, I'd have to think like really long and hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been given some really cool stuff. Like, is it a photography gift, like a camera? A Anything film? photography um, related. Camera. I mean, any, I mean, I mean, literally anything. Could even be like a, a photo, like a print. You know. Or, oh, I've gotten. Oh, yeah, I've gotten lots of prints from people, yeah. and I absolutely love it every time uh, that that happens. Uh, whenever we do exchanges or whatever, but uh, even when one just pops into my mailbox by surprise. But yeah, this is you're, you're, you're going to have to pick your favorite. I'm sorry. That's just how it works with this question. That's up to you guys. You guys uh, leave a message. And again, the deadline is Tuesday morning, April 11th. And again, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. We, uh, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, if you need to contact us, we are by email at authorlens.podcast um, at gmail.com. You can find Vanya at Surf Martian and me at conspiracy.of.cartographers. Jess, what is your Instagram? Jess Hobbs Photo. Super easy. And make sure to hashtag your stuff, hashtag all through a lens to be featured. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye bye.